people said. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Again, always appreciate your skill and, and using your gifts for the Lord as we worship God. Tonight, we'll be looking at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord, and we're talking about trusting in the Lord. <clears throat> there was a man who uh, was passing away, and he decided that he wanted to take his money with him. And so he divided his money between three people, a minister, a doctor, and a lawyer, uh, to make sure that they would take the money and drop it in his casket when he died. And so the day came for his death, and sure enough, the three men showed up with three envelopes, and they began to walk up to the caskets to pay their last respects. And one by one, they dropped the envelopes in the casket, closed casket, and they buried him, and it was done. They were, they were driving back together from the funeral, and the first uh, person, the minister, said, well, guys, I've, I've got something to confess. I didn't put all the money in the casket. I used some of it for the needy. And the other guys, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. And then finally the doctor said, well, I confess, too. I didn't put all the money in the casket either. I used some of it for sick people. And Lori said, I just can't believe you guys. I wrote a full check for the whole amount and dropped it in. You'll catch on in a minute. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and ask you to help us to trust in you, to listen to you today as we are placing that and acting on that trust. We pray in your holy name. Amen. When you look at this passage of scripture, you notice something. That trust is faith in action. Trust is faith in action. It's the manifestation of our faith, our thoughts, our actions. That's what trust is. And it's far easier to have faith in God. There are unbelievers that believe there are a God. The Bible says the devils believe there are a God. So you, you can believe that there is a God. The issue is it's harder to exercise trust in him, to act on that faith. And believe God's going to do what needs to be done. Faith versus trust then. Is faith the same thing as trust? I don't believe it is. If it's not, then what's the difference? Well, first of all, faith is a noun. When you look at the idea of faith, faith is a noun. It is something we have. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But faith is not trust. Trust is a verb. Trust is something we do, not just something we have. So trust is faith in action. It's acting out what we believe about God. It's a manifestation of our faith in thoughts and actions. Faith says he can. We believe that God can do something. Trust says he is and he will act according to his character. He's going to do something. And based upon the fact that I believe God is going to do something, I place all of my trust in him. He will accomplish what needs to be done. It's far easier to have faith than it is to have trust. I was reading this and looking at it, and I found someone who said there are three kinds of uh, faith. A dead faith, a demonic faith, devils believe and a dynamic faith. 
I want our faith to develop into a dynamic trust as well. So that we don't just talk about what we know about God, but that we place all of ourselves and trust in him and believe that he can do something. In the 1800s, there was a famous uh, acrobat, tightrope walker called Blondin. It's called the Great Blondin. And he did a number of famous stunts, and one of them was to walk across a tightrope over Niagara Falls. I can't imagine, you know, <laughs> you're trying to do anything like you've seen those in, I've seen them more in black and white films than anything else where guys are, have the little bar and they're walking across. And that's what he did. And he, he did it so many times people would just believe he could do it anywhere. One time he, he said, I can walk across this rope with a wheelbarrow. Do you believe I can do that? I mean, we have seen you do it. We, we certainly believe you do that. So everybody believes I can do that. Yes, we believe you can do that. I need one volunteer to get in the wheelbarrow and go across with me. Nobody said anything. They believed he could do it, but when it came to putting their trust in him, they were silent. I think many of us have seen what God can do. We know he can do things. We know it's possible. He can do all things. That's faith. But when he asks us to ride along, to place everything we are in his care, not do anything on our own, but believe that he's the one, do we sit silent? Do we sit still? Are we expecting uh, something different if we are involved? I think we say we trust God, but sometimes I don't think we really do. I think it's like the U.S. dollar. In God we trust. We put it on there. But do we as a nation really believe that? No, not, not all the nation. That's certainly true. I can't give you all the reasons why you can trust God, but I want to give you some reasons today. I'm going to divide it up in two threes, two sets of threes tonight. And as we talk about it, I want you this evening to think about some ways that you can trust in God. Number one, I think we need to be confident in God's care. You look back there in Proverbs uh, 3 and look at verse 5 with me again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust here in the Hebrew means to put all your weight on something. To place all of my weight on it. You have placed your weight tonight on a set of pews. Yeah, I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, I place my weight on a bed. <laughs> I, I like that. When we were kids, you know, you used to run and jump in bed, remember? You never thought the bed wouldn't hold you, would you? You'd run and dive and dive in the middle of the bed and roll in and think it's fun. Now I just kind of fall backwards in the bed at the end of the day. But you know what I don't do is put one foot on the floor while I'm trying to lay in bed thinking this will hold me up. I place all of myself in the bed at night, trusting that the bed will support me. When I put my trust in God... According to Proverbs 3 5, I place all of myself in Him. Every bit. I don't weigh on anything. I, I do it with my whole heart, He says, with all your heart. You either give Him all of your trust or you give Him nothing at all. A half hearted trust is the same thing as a whole hearted doubt. If I don't trust Him totally, then I don't trust Him. And so that passage tells me that I need to place everything and, and, I have to go through that process mentally of saying, I'm going to do this. And I have to ask myself, 
Is there a reason why God has not given me enough proof that I can trust him? The Bible says I've never seen his children forsaken, and I have not. And hopefully you have not either. That's why I think the verse finishes with this quote, and lean not on your own understandings. If you put what you think ahead of God thinks, I think you're living in darkness. Because he's the only light that there is. He's the only truth that there is. He's the only wisdom that there is. I can't depend on my own wisdom. I either, again, trust God and don't lean to what I think I know, but wholeheartedly believe in him. You know, when you look through the Bible, all the instances of the Bible of people who trusted God. We look at a little boy named David, and he's fighting against a nine-foot, nine-inch giant. You know the story. Here's somebody who can dunk a basketball without even jumping. I mean, he can just drop it right in. He's so tall. King Saul brings him this outfit that he wore for a full-size man. And you know the story. David tries it on. He says, I can't wear this. I'm sure Saul was going, hey, we got a short soldier around here anywhere. Can we find some other armor? And David says, I can't can't fight like this. I, I can't. I have to do what I've done before and trust in God. So he grabs the five stones, and he does what he always did. He trusted that God would protect him as he had done before. Now, that was trusting God. Five stones? Or, or what about Noah building a boat in the middle of the desert without a drop of water, never having been rain? Remember that? Then not rain yet. Noah, there's going to be this big deluge, and rain's going to come. I haven't seen that much water ever anywhere today we were talking about the 1984 flood here in Tulsa and how it rained 12 inches a night I've seen a lot of rain Noah hadn't and yet he believed that God would do something can you imagine 40 years of mocking from his neighbors there's a crazy Noah building a boat for what it's never going to rain like that but he trusted God and because he did his family was saved right about Joshua's army here they are going to destroy Jericho by simply marching around and blowing horns I think, I think people thought Joshua had been in the desert just a little bit too long. <laughs> That's not a way to fight a battle. There's no way that that will happen. And yet Joshua didn't understand but simply trusted that what God said would happen would happen. He can, but yet he trusted him and acted on it, didn't he? He did what God told him to do. How about King Solomon, the wisest person to ever live? He tells us here to trust in God. And not to lean on our own ability or thoughts, but to understand that to be successful is to trust in God wholly and believe that God can do what he says he can do. Not only should we be confident, I think. Secondly, I think we need to be committed to God's purpose. Look at verse 6 of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This is more than reading your Bible and praying. It's not just, okay, I'm going to read my Bible today, and I'm going to pray, and God will take care of it. I I think there's more here. There's purpose in life. There's a reason why we're following God in this way. There's a reason why we look at that verse, and we say, I am going to submit in all my ways, and then he will make my path straight. The story told of Abraham Lincoln when he was growing up, he was working in a a store 
in Salem, Illinois. And he was working in what, in essence, was a gun counter. And there were a number of weapons in the store that they were selling. And, and one was a rifle that was displayed in the store that was just ex- exquisitely beautiful. You could, you could see immediately that it was a, a weapon that had been designed carefully. Uh, best walnut stock, finest steel. A famous gunsmith had put it together and inscribed on it. And sitting right next to it was a rack of what would be called Kentucky squirrel guns. A gun you would go out and hunt with. And if you looked at the prices, all of a sudden something didn't make sense. The gun that was exquisite cost less than the guns that you shot squirrels with. Someone came and began to ask what the issue was. And Abraham Lincoln said simply, that rifle was made to look good, and those rifles were made to use. And that was the difference. A little while later, a farmer came in, saw the exquisite gun, bought it, put it over his, his mantle in his fireplace to look nice, to decorate his home, without a care that it really would ever shoot like the other rifles would. Its purpose was for decoration only. God has given us a purpose. The question is whether we choose to trust in him and either be just decoration in church and in Christian life or whether we are like the Kentucky squirrel gun and are used for him, used for a purpose. The Hebrew word here uh, means to acknowledge him, to, to be seen by God. And it's, it's that we look to him for guidance. I want you to examine me, to sort me, to sift me, to look through me and find in me the purpose you intend for me. Look through my life. Look there again. In all your ways, submit to him. That word submit. It, be examined by God to see what your purpose is and let him describe that for you. It's not a recreation it's not a vacation it's a vocation we're here to serve God and to be for him what he designed for us to be the question again is will we trust in him will our confidence be in him will our commitment be in him to submit ourselves to all his ways how would our lives change if we did that every day I mean, many days we get up and we do just what we want to do, we need to do. Life is busy. There are things that push aside some concerns that we have. But we we come on Sunday, we focus on what this is. But during the rest of the week, are we doing a to-do list for ourselves? Or are we asking God to examine us and use us for his purpose? I think sometimes we get confused about bringing things to God, everything to God. We think that he only wants to be bothered by the big things in life. I've had people come to me and and ask me, does God care about the small things in life? You know, well, of course he does. But think about this. If you're God, isn't everything small to you? I mean, think about it. All, All your stuff is small compared to what God can do. And, and why would I be concerned? If God created me and made me and loves me, he cares about me and he cares about you. All of the things that God has accomplished, creating the universe, making man, 
putting the world together out of chaos. Isn't it all small stuff after that? So take whatever you have and bring it to God and submit it to him and let him look at that and, and it, sign a blank contract and say, God, here, here's my life, here's my check. Sign it, use it, fulfill it, take me and fill in the blanks and tell me what I need to be because you made me. I think a third thing is we need to be controlled by God's will. You look at verse 6 again. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. You do your part by bringing your life to him, and he does his by directing your path, making your path straight. Now, I, I don't, don't con- confuse. I've seen an illustration that shows our idea of what uh, following God should be like, and it's a flat road that goes completely straight from one end to the other, and there's never a bump, when actually our lives are more like this, right, you know? pits and and uh, oh gosh you know it's it's crazy and yet he created us he is jeremiah says the potter and we're the clay so he designs us he makes us the way he wants to psalm 32 8 through 10 says i will instruct you and reach you in a way you should go I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed and, and with a bit and a bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy will surround him. What a great passage. That mercy surrounds us when I trust in God. It, it's like you know a, a force field. It it, it, it covers me it's God's bubble wrap if you will when he protects you when you turn your life over to him and he can direct your path is it any wonder I get into trouble when I don't trust God because I go my own way and I'm not where I should be and the protection that God would offer me is not there because I'm not where I'm supposed to be God trusts us I don't know if you remember I remember when we started learning how to drive cars um we had one of those cars that had multiple driver connections. And so, you know, in our school, they had, it had a, a foot pedal and a brake so that the instructor could stomp on the brake and stop the car before you ran into anything. And so you're driving along in the car, and he still has some control about what's going on. I think that is the way it is that God is there helping control the path of your life when he's in the car with you. But if I hop in ahead of time, if I drive off on my own direction, then I don't have him piloting with me. I've seen it in three different ways, three different levels of how we deal with God in levels of trust. Level one is something like this, is I do what I want to do. I don't care who it affects or what circumstances surround it. I'm my own person. That's, that's one level. I just do what I want. Second level is I do what I ought to do. I, at this level, do what I know is generally right, and most Christians would probably be here. I know what the right things are to do, and so I'm going to try to do the right things. But there's another level, a third level, that draws us closer into God. And it's the one where it says we should strive with God 
not just what we ought to do, but exactly what he wants. And it's that level that leads me to do what he wants, not what I want or what maybe ought to be done, but what should be done, what's supposed to be done. I trust in him. I I look at this and I think for a moment of the buses that travel around Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Embark, I don't know what you guys, with the one here up there, it's Embark. And, you know, I see on the front of the bus, it's got a description of the direction the bus is going to go. It's got a route. Tells you where the next stop is. And I've never looked at those buses and wondered if that's really where it was going. I just assume it is. I assume if I got on that bus, at the place that the bus said, the next stop would be what it says right there. This is where I'm going. And when I place all my faith in God as the driver of our bus, I don't question whether I'm going to reach the destination. I know I will. I trust in him. I believe he can and will get that done. Second of three things. I think we need to, first of all, be confident in God. We need to be committed to God. We need to be controlled by God. But I can have those things happen in my life because there are some additional reasons to act upon this special trust I have in God, belief in God. Again, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. When I read that verse, I look at verse 5, and I understand this, that this trust is an exclusive trust. It's why I can trust in the Lord, exclusive I'm not depending on anybody else. I'm exclusively trusting in God alone. I don't have to divide my trust between a number of people. I don't know. You've worked on teams before, probably. Uh, You've worked on either a farm or in a business or in school or in some place where you have worked with people and there have been more than one person on your team that you've had to give your trust to and believe that they will do their part. It doesn't always happen, does it? They don't always get their job done. Now, maybe it's illness, maybe it's a lack of skill, maybe it's a lack of concern. They just really don't care, and they're willing to let somebody else pick up the part. But you've given somebody part of your job, and you're hoping that they will fulfill it. But I don't have to worry about that. When I trust in God, it's exclusive to him. It's entire. I I look at this, and I, I believe in the Father. I believe in his providence. He is over all and in control of all, and I can trust him exclusively because he's in charge. I believe him because of his promises. He's never failed. He's never lied. He can't. It's it's antithetical to his, his character. He cannot lie. What he's told us he will do, he will do. Because of his providence and because of his promises, I can trust him. And because of his provision, he has always given us what we needed when we needed jesus the bible says at that right moment in time he came forth god has been providing for you forever from the beginning of time before time was ever even counted jesus was a lamb that was slain he provided he made it possible That exclusivity that exclusiveness and trusting in him gives me the ability to believe him I can believe him without reserve. I can believe him without regrets. I can believe him without concern. Why? 
because all those things he's never failed. Exclusive. I think secondly, I can believe in this special trust in God because of a conclusive trust. A life of total distrust in self. I don't trust me. I don't. I can't. I know me. I know I will fail. Lean not into your own understandings. That Hebrew word literally means don't prop yourself up under. The picture I gave you before about sitting on the bed and putting your foot on the outside of it and trying to hold yourself up, that's the picture. The picture is I'm going to hold myself up and prop myself up with my own ability. And don't do that, he says. It's in the negative. The, The implication is it will fail. It's like I look at you and go, that's not going to work, is it? And I've given you the hint that no, it's not going to work. And that's what the text is telling us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Do not trust in your own understanding. It won't work to prop yourself up. And so you read that and you understand that the Jeremiah quote of 17:9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it is the reason why I can't trust myself. I, I don't even know why I do what I do. Paul said that. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh his flesh his arm, whose heart departeth from the Lord. I wish I could believe everything that everybody said, but I would be foolish to do so. Because what the Bible says here. Now, I still work with people. You you, you and I both do. But ultimately, I'm not going to depend my soul on other people or myself, only God. And trust in him. One is either trusting in God with all your heart or you're leaning to your own understanding. Those are the only choices. I either trust God or I try to figure it out myself. And we've seen in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that way is devastating. You cannot do the same thing at the same time. I've trusted doctors in the past. Some of them have fulfilled my needs and some of them have not i've trusted people in the past and the same thing happened not many people go to the doctor joyously do we i mean you want to go nobody wants to go to the doctor because we know something's probably wrong Uh, in 1994 this is an extreme case a 63 year old man uh, was having bladder issues and he was so afraid of going to the doctor he decided get this to operate on himself can you imagine? He, was going, he looked up the surgery, he saw how it was done, and he tried to operate on himself. Well, tragically, you can imagine, he got an infection and he died from what would have been a simple process. Just as many people don't trust doctors or hospitals, I think many people won't wholly trust in God. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says the path is broad that leads to destruction. And it's narrow, those that follow God. I, I can't explain why people will, would, would destroy their lives, but they do. But you and I know these passages. You and I read them. We have known the heart of what it means to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Third, and that makes it an inclusive trust. Inclusive in the sense that I have totally depended upon God. I I include everything that I am and I place it in him. 
I have fellowship with God in every area of my life. I recognize, I appreciate, I treasure all the knowledge that God has given me through this word, and I acknowledge him. How do I do that? Well, I acknowledge him in prayer. I come here, I pray at home, I pray in the car, I pray everywhere. I pray, and in that prayer, I acknowledge him. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus I acknowledge him in prayer I acknowledge him also in precept Psalm 119 105 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path Colossians 3 16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching you admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The precepts upon which I build my life are here in the Bible, and I acknowledge those. They're truth, and I can trust them. What God says, I can trust. How he tells me to live, I can trust. I build my life not on my own understandings, but the precepts that he has put in the Bible for me in prayer, in precepts and in preeminence. Mark six thirty three. but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and what all these things shall be added unto you. I put his kingdom first, not mine. I place him at the head. I acknowledge that he is the first and the foremost. And again, I don't depend on myself, but I depend on him and what he can do. And I also do it in presence. Genesis 12, 7 says, And the Lord appeared unto Adam and said, Thy seed will I give to the land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared unto him. Abram acknowledged God and he pitched his tent. And where he did, there was always an altar. Paul put it this way, If God be for us, who can be against us? I want to, in my presence, acknowledge God in everything. Uh, Danielle and I, the youngest daughter, were at a restaurant um, this week, and as we sat down and began to eat, um, I had a I had a cardinal ball cap on, and the guy next to our table goes, "Well, our team's not doing real well this year." And of course, he was telling me everything that was wrong with the cardinal baseball team, and it's like I just wore a ball cap, man. I just, you know, it's really. But you know, I listened to it. Yeah, big money. That's the problem. Big money. That's the you know. It's all just in my two cents and and so finally Danielle reaches across the table and grabs my hand and we go pray well we were going to pray anyway but she hurried up the the situation because it was time to pray but I appreciated the fact that she knew we were going to pray it wasn't a question of whether you were in a restaurant and it didn't matter who was sitting next to us we weren't going to stop that process because he wanted to talk about something else she knew it was time to acknowledge the lord in presence and pray and so we pray our prayer and we prayed out loud like we always do and of course the guys you know was kind of staring at us and go praise the lord <laughs> in his presence people acknowledge god And it was through that process that I appreciated my relationship with my daughter and with God. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye. Praise is comely for the upright, Psalm 33, 1 says. Praise. I'm glad that guy praised the Lord that day. I thought it was kind of neat. 
but it is all about trust. Stories told about Napoleon and his armies. Napoleon's army was camped on the hills outside of a town called Feldrick, Austria. He was poised to attack, and it was Easter Sunday morning. The citizens were trying to decide, what do we do? Do we defend ourselves against Napoleon? You know, uh, here's this army camped outside. You know, what do we do? Do we surrender? The pastor of the town drew all the people together and said, it's Easter Sunday morning. We're going to worship God, friends. We've been counting on our own strength, and apparently that has failed us. But this is the day of the Lord's resurrection. We should worship him today. And so that's what they did. They began to have worship service. And they began to ring all the bells in the city because it was Easter Sunday morning. And they rang the bells and they rang the bells and they rang the bells and it went on and on. And then all of a sudden, Napoleon's army began to retreat. And the people were confused and concerned. What's going on? It seems that Napoleon and his army thought that the ringing of the bells meant that the Austrian army had come and now they were going to have to fight that army. And so they decided to book it out of town. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understandings and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you that, Father, even before that service ended in that little Austrian town, you beat back the enemy. And today we ask for the same consideration, that you beat back the enemy of doubt in our minds and distrust. That we read these few small verses to trust in the Lord with all our heart, to lean not into our own understandings and all our ways acknowledge you and you will make our path straight. We believe you. Help us in our unbelief. Focus our attention on these words this week that in every day, in every moment, in every experience, we will put you first in our thoughts, in our actions. Not just faith, but trust in you. We pray in Jesus' holy name, amen. May God bless his word, and may you have a wonderful week. God bless you.